Hey, Chirocasters, Dr. Drew Rubin here. I'm so excited to bring you this uh, podcast. It was a live recording uh, made while I was doing a webinar sitting in my office in Georgia and talking to the students at Life West Chiropractic College. So uh, they're a great group of students. I met them uh, uh, last year when I was speaking out there and uh, been in touch with them and they've uh, been wanting me to talk so I was excited to provide them with some science, art, and philosophy. Um, that, and that, that's, to me, I think the crux of it. And that's what this whole conversation uh, yesterday w- with them was about. So, um, of course, I want to thank my sponsors. Uh, we want to thank Now You Know. And we want to thank Cairo Wright, um, my fabulous sponsors, because they have been behind us all the way, now going on uh, for uh, over six months. And I really appreciate them. And um, now here's the podcast. Let me get, let me kick off then. The um, what I want to talk about is something that you probably heard a lot about before in the last bunch of years of you guys being in school, however many quarters you've been through so far. But that is the science, art, and philosophy of chiropractic. And a lot of people, uh, well-meaning people, are going to tell you that. Uh, you know, you really can't get all three of those things together and have a successful practice that you have to kind of focus either on one or the other. And I'm going to tell you that that's not really an accurate statement. Uh, This is my 30th year in practice. Uh, And the reason that we've been so successful in practice for so long is because we have put together the science, art and philosophy of chiropractic. Um, So examples like science, why is science important? Like when you are adjusting someone, and this may not be something that in your construct just yet, but I want you to think about this. When you guys are adjusting someone, um, what are you thinking as you're adjusting this person? You know, hopefully you're not thinking about like, oh, I can't believe the Rams just lost against the Patriots or this kind of stuff or that, right? That's not, the, <laughs> it's certainly an important topic, right? But it's, that's not the thing, right? The thing to think about when you're, when that person is face down or, face up or however they are on your chiropractic bench, are you seeing their body anatomically? Like when I look at someone, when they're prone on my adjusting table or bench, I'm actually seeing muscles, I'm seeing nerves, I'm seeing bones, I'm like, I, my brain sees like a hologram of that person. And when I'm analyzing that person, I'm actually seeing a holographic subluxation like when I find that area I'm gonna adjust, I can see that. It's not just I'm putting my hand or an activator adjusting tool or whatever on that person. I'm literally seeing the anatom- anatomical configuration of that person before I'm doing this. That's why science is so important, right? So you sh- it's, it's not just thrusting your hand on some high spot, right? It's way, way more than that. So I really encourage you to start thinking about when you're looking at your patient, um, Obviously, you're talking to a human, but when you're thinking about your spinal adjusting skills, right, there's a science to knowing this. You have to know your anatomy. You have to know your physiology. You have to know your neurology. You have to know where all this stuff is so that that is going to make a far more effective adjustment, right? So it's, it's not like you're putting your, your hands just on this blank slate. There's stuff underneath this thing, right? There's stuff underneath the skin, underneath the shirt, underneath the gown, And you need to know what those things are, right? Because that will help you elevate the kind of uh, adjustment that you're delivering. So that's, you know, one example. 
second uh, thing that I think is super important is, is about the art, right? Um, to me, when I look at a patient, especially like a brand new patient, but any patient, I look at them the same way Michelangelo looked at the David before he actually sculpted it. Do you, know, you guys know the story about that? Right? Well, maybe if you don't know the story, here's what happened. So um, Michelangelo came upon this ginormous block of you know, marble, I think it is, or granite, or whatever it is. Um, and uh, someone had said to him, I want you, Michelangelo, to create something out of this giant nine-foot piece of stone. Uh, and other people had looked at that stone, and they never really figured anything out with it. Because um, they, they thought the stone was too big, it was too soft, it just wasn't the right kind of thing. What Michelangelo looked at when he saw the stone is he saw David inside the stone. And what he did was he slowly chipped away at the stone until David appeared. Right? So it wasn't that he had to say, huh, what am I going to do here? Like, and just start kind of hitting away and maybe, I'll, oh, yeah, it's, it's a person. Actually, it's, you know who it is? It's going to be David. He didn't come up. It wasn't, that's not how he approached it, right? He approached it like David is in the stone and I'm going to bring that out. Now, why is that relevant? Because all your patients are like that, right? You are sculptors. Do you realize that? You are artists. Chiropractic is an art. When you are, when that person first comes into your practice, right? They are like a block of stone filled with subluxations and filled with nerve interference and filled with all these kind of issues. And what's your job is to sculpt this stuff out, right? Is to slowly chip away with your adjustments, whether you use instruments or your hands or whatever it is you're going to use, slowly chip away at that person to create the, the David that's the magnificence that's inside of them, right? And they are unaware of this, right? <clears throat> They're coming in not even knowing that they have this potential inside them. And that's you know, part of you knowing the, the art of chiropractic. So you're all artists, right? It's not, you're not just going in and, you know, anybody can push on a back, right? You could teach, and you could, a monkey can push on a back, right? My son, when he was six years old, when he was in kindergarten, I got a call from his kindergarten teacher and guess what they said to me? Right? Yeah, he's adjusting the kids in, the, in, in, in kindergarten. You got to stop. He'll tell them to stop that. That's, you know, that's important. You know, and I said, Palmer, I'm really glad. That's his name. Palmer, I'm really glad that you're doing this, but it, you got to uh, wait till you're in chiropractic school before you do this. Right. Um, you got to be trained. And part of the training is the art. Right. It's not. I mean, so he knew he could he could mimic. Right. He could go like this and push on a back and push on a neck and whatever. He could do all this kind of stuff. But that but he didn't have the art. Right. So it's not just about I think that's a, a very important thing to understand is is your artistry comes out in whatever technique you're using. Right. If you're using network, if you're using Gonstead, if you're using activator, if you're using Thompson, it doesn't matter. All of it can be created as an art form and your patient is the canvas. Your patient is the block of stone. Your patient is the clay and you get a chance to mold this right and what a beautiful gift especially as a pediatric chiropractor to to have moms bring the, we had a new patient this morning a baby you know came in all kinds of issues with like uh, um, tongue tie and lip tie and cranial issues and stuff like that and it was so exciting to to see this is the first adjustment the child's ever had and it's it's like 
there's the block of, of you know, granite, uh, or there's the canvas that's blank, and I'm putting the first strokes on that canvas. And how cool is that to say, like, I had the opportunity to put, to, to create this baby into the baby he could be, and he's not able to be because he's subluxated, right? How cool is that? So, and, you know, that's, that's the step two. So science is step one, art is step two, and then philosophy. Like, nothing, you can't do anything without philosophy. And someone could even say, I'm not a philosophical chiropractor, but that's a philosophy also, right? You can't, like, just to say, I, you know, I have no philosophy or philosophy has nothing to do with it. Yes, it is, because that's a philosophy, right? Uh, so that, that's, that, to me, a comment like that shows that the person does not necessarily understand what philosophy is. We all have philosophies, right? Now, um, whether you abide by what we would call principled chiropractic subluxation-based philosophy, that's a different story, right? Your philosophy may be very mechanistic kind of chiropractic, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Someone wants to be a back pain, neck pain, headache fixer-upper, that's totally cool. Um, it's just not the kind of chiropractic I want to do, you know? Um, you know, we had a patient recently who came in and she had been seeing another chiropractor before. And I said, and she, and she was, her, her during the, the new patient, you know, history, I said, um, you know, so when's the last time you saw the chiropractor? And she said, oh, I see them all the time. And I said, well, great. Like, when's the last visit? She said, like, two years ago. And in my brain, I'm like, two years ago, too. I said, that's not in my brain. I'm saying this to myself, right? That's not all the time, right? I said, so why did you go see the chiropractor? Oh, you know, basically the same thing, back things and, you know, pain and hip and whatever. I said, and then how often do you see this chiropractor when, um, you know, when you went there? And she said, oh, you know, I'll go a couple of visits and then I, I feel better and I'm done. And I said, what's the instruction that the chiropractor gives to you? Like when that happens, we'll come back when you need it. Now, here's my question. How do you know when you need to get adjusted? Right? Is pain a good indicator that you need to get adjusted? Right? Just like dentistry. I, you know, if you've heard me talk uh, on podcasts, you know I have the ChiroCast podcast. If you don't know about it, I ask that you please listen to it because it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm almost at 300 episodes, which is totally crazy. I've been doing this for now three years. Um, but anyway, the, um, what we talk about is a lot of, dentistry has a lot of commonalities with, with chiropractic. So when, a dentist says, does a dentist say, come back when you feel like and your, your teeth are hurting and then you should get yourself checked? What does a dentist say? Yeah, every six months, right? So every six months, why should you come in? Because we want to check and make sure that we're ahead of things, right? So you can't tell a patient, come back when it hurts. This is, how do they know? How do they know when, when, the, when they have a subluxation? They, if you wait till it hurts, if, if the dentist said, wait till your teeth really hurt, how long, how long would it take for you to actually get to the dentist? Probably years, right? And then now you don't just have a cavity. Now you have like root canals, crowns, pulling teeth, you know, a whole different ballgame. So, so very important to understand that chiropractic philosophy is really a life philosophy. And I don't mean life like life west and life east where I teach. Uh, I mean life as an overarching life philosophy. So when we have a, a, a philosophy of life, a philosophy of living, it's a lifestyle, right? So when my wife and I embarked on this journey back in 1989, when, we, when I graduated from life, uh, 
Carrick Brother College back then, now it's Life University. Um, we came upon a Green Book uh, reading uh, that talked about the GFC philosophy. Have you ever heard of this? Anybody ever hear of that? All right, cool. So the GFC philosophy, I can't remember what Green Book was in, uh, but the GFC philosophy is the whole idea of having a hierarchy in your decisions. So when something occurs, some, some decision you need to make in your life, what you do is you decide, is this thing I am going to do, is it okay with God, family, and chiropractic? So every decision my wife and I make, that's the decision hierarchy that we use. Is God okay with this? Okay, good. Is our family okay with this? Okay, good. Is chiropractic, is this an okay thing with chiropractic? Yes, good. Then this is a good decision. And if it's not, if it does not abide with the GFC philosophy, then it doesn't get done. And to me, that is like a whole lifestyle. Like, you know, when you're, we were just in the airport, I was just speaking in Ohio this weekend. We're in the Columbus, Ohio airport. Um, when we flew in on Friday, my wife and I kind of looked at the different uh, food options um, just so that we know what's going to happen on our way back because usually we're our tight time schedule. And what should we do on our way back? Are we going to be able to eat anything at the airport? And we looked around and there was nothing really to eat. There's a lot of fast food, a lot of junk food, a lot of fried food. So it, with our philosophical construct, what we said is what we're going to do is we're going to go to Whole Foods and we're going to buy lunch that we're going to have on Sunday, today, on Friday. Right? So then when we got to the airport yesterday before we flew out, we sat there and we ate our own lunch that we brought that was within our construct of the kind of food that we want to eat. Now, not that it's bad or wrong, but a lot of people will go to an airport and say, well, I, the reason I ate the airport food is all that there was. And that's true if that's all you prepare for, right? Do you understand the difference, right? You know, you're driving a, a long trip, you know, from wherever you are to, you know, another state. And you're like, well, I stopped at a rest stop, you know, and I had some, you know, food options in the vending machines, and this is all they had. So I had to eat the Lance peanut butter and radioactive cracker thing. And I had to eat the, God knows what, how old this sandwich looking thing was. It's all that was there, right? Well, that's all that you allowed the preparation for, right? Did you actually prepare for this? Did you bring a cooler with you that had uh, your lunch in it that you could snack on and stuff? To me, that's what we're talking about by philosophy, right? So God, family, chiropractic, this GFC philosophy to me has been so helpful in defining where I want to go in my life, right? And how I'm taking the direction of my life. You know, so as a chiropractor, practicing chiropractor, as a faculty member at Life University, as a faculty member of the ICPA, all those things, that's part of my philosophy. It makes sense to me to do these things because it me it's meeting my life vision and mission, right? So the whole idea of having a science, art, and philosophy for your life is not just a simple little construct. It really is a theme that creates our mission, it creates our vision, and it creates our goals, right? How many of you guys have actual written goals, like 100% written out goals of what you want to accomplish? Do any of you? All right, I see a few hands, good. Okay, of course, Libby, I knew you would. Um, so here's the deal. 
let me ask you guys a question. If you, if you wanted to drive to Arizona from where you are now, you need three things to do that. What are those three things? You need gas in the car. Okay, you need four things. Uh, but aside from, aside from that, to get there, to figure out how to get there, what three things do you need to know? How to get from here, you want to go to Grand Canyon. How do you know how to get to Grand Canyon from where you are right now? Yeah, well, we have GPS, which is good, but, you need, but the GPS is going to need three things from you. Where you are now, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. You want to take highways, you want to take back roads, right? Etc. that you want tolls, avoid tolls, right? You need to have, you need to know those three things, right? Where you are, where you want to go, how you're going to get there. If you do not have written goals, how do you know where you're going? Like, have you ever thought about how important that is in your life? If you do not have written goals, how do you know where you're going? And if, if, your, own, like, if your only goal is, like, I just want to graduate from Life West, I just want to get through this quarter, right? That's a goal, and that's okay. It's kind of limited, right? I would rather see you guys start thinking now, even if you're just in first quarter, start thinking now, what is my, long, what, what is my purpose here? Do I want to be a pediatric chiropractor? Do I want to be a sports chiropractor? Do I want to be a geriatric chiropractor? Do I want to buy a practice when I graduate? Do I want to associate? Where do I want to go, right? Do I want to stay in California? Do I want to go... Come to Atlanta. Do I want to go to where my hometown, wherever you're from? We need to have an idea of where this is. And here's the thing. A lot of people don't write goals because they're thinking, the reason I'm not going to write a goal is because, well, I haven't decided yet where I'm going to go. I haven't decided what I want to you know, focus on. Who cares? You can change these things. Goals aren't set in stone, right? It's not like you, once you write the goal, you can't do anything with it. You can. These goals should be fluid and dynamic based upon where you are and where you're going. So my goals when I first graduated back in 1989 was I want to go be a hockey chiropractor in New York for the New York Islanders. That was my goal. That didn't exactly happen, right? Now I'm a pediatric chiropractor in Atlanta, right? So things, things change. When I, I moved to New York and certain, certain things happened and, and things shifted and Dr. Webster and I became friendly from the ICPA and next thing you know, I'm a pediatric chiropractor and next thing you know, they're asking me to teach at life. So I had to sell my practice. So things are constantly changing, right? I sold my practice in New Jersey, came down uh, to Life University, been here for the last 19 years. So goals are a fluid thing, but it's important to have them because if you don't have them, then you don't know where you are and where you're going. Right. So we have about two minutes left, but can you give us um, some like can you give the students like um, a basic format you use um, for setting goals? Yes, absolutely. So uh, what I use for setting goals is um, almost the same kind of thought process of this God family chiropractic thing is I say, what are the what are my main areas that we're focusing on? And here's like my you want to all do a great little exercise because it can help you kind of very quickly. If you're interested in doing this, you can. If not, you don't have to. But this was probably one of my favorite exercises that I learned a long time ago from Brian Tracy, um, one of those great speakers. And it was, it's this. if Right now, either take out a piece of paper if you want to, or your phone, or if you just want to do it in your head, you could do it there. And in 30 seconds, I want you to write down your top three goals. And I'm going to time it right now. Go. 30 seconds. Either think about it or write it down. What are your top three goals? 
and I'm going to give you 30 seconds. All right, 10 seconds left. All right, so here's the deal. Probably your top three goals, one had to do with money, one had to do with relationships, one had to do with health, most likely, right? Those are the things you start with, is money, relationship, health, right? And money eventually will be your practice, those kind of things, etc. So that's how you start formulating your goals. I see everybody's getting up and going. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to see you guys. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Don. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.